0: morning morning, everybody. Um, and yeah, it really is a privilege to be able to share with you. Um, I know dan 's been on the series of of a generous life, and over the past few weeks he 's been talking about uh, being generous with with your whole life being, being giving everything you have your time, treasure talents to God as an offering for for what he 's already done for you and I really believe that um, being generous with your life is is also about setting your life up to be used by God. He, he's, he went through some of the, the people who were used powerfully by God in the Bible, the guys like Paul, and he said what characteristics they had to be used in such powerful ways. And he's been on the series, and I'm going to land the series now. And the last one is, aptly so, it's all about Jesus. It's the one who is all in all. It's the one who, who, who gave it all up. So, um, I want to talk about him, and uh, and I want to unpack his his servant-hearted character, a little bit about um, how this generous God, the Father, gave us this perfect gift in Jesus Christ, as God, but also as a relatable human being. At the start, we we need to know that God was fully God, uh, that Jesus was fully God and fully human, and how he walked out the state of being is really important because it directly relates to how we walk out our Christianity. You see, Jesus the man in, he, is, is so important for us to understand how, how he walked it out because it it shapes how we walk out our Christianity in our ultimate pursuit of becoming more like Jesus. And that's why, we, that's why we're here. We want to learn and grow in how we become more like Jesus. And uh, note that I didn't say exactly like Jesus. I think... I think that there is a purpose, a destiny, and a call on everybody's life in this place, and God's given us this grace to walk out our Christianity in different ways, and there's a unique purpose on each and every one of us, so God is not calling us to be the same, but what He is calling us to do is become more like Jesus in character, and that is really clear in the Bible, and it's Jesus' love, it's Jesus' It's Jesus' love that was outworked into this humble servant-hearted spirit that that would do things which which was just unbelievable in the day. And how we relate that to our lives in that character is really important. You see, finding the heart of God means that we're on this journey of love, and it's his love which causes us to be more want to be more like the one who, who loves perfectly. And that's Jesus. And I, I really believe that um, it, it's Jesus' character that we've got to go after. G, who Jesus was, the essence of who he was, is why, is why we are Christians and why we're here. To become and transform our lives to be more like him. And with um, Easter next week, I think it's a great time for us to just dive deeper into who Jesus was, is, and continues to be. So the title of my message today is the generous life of Jesus, and it is the last one. So the first thing I want to cover is Jesus being fully God and fully human. And in John 1, verse 1, Ryan's already mentioned it, which is great because it confirms a lot of what, what is being spoken of. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was, was with God, and the Word was God. And if we've been a Christian for any amount of time, we understand the Word was is Jesus, okay? And that gets confirmed in John 1, 14. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory. Glory is the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. So we understand that, that Jesus is God straight away. We understand that He was there with the Father before creation. A- and it talks about Him becoming flesh. That's why Jesus is referred to as Emmanuel, which really means God with us. God walking with us. And um, I love how it says there at the end, if we can put it up. It says, full of grace and truth. And And Ryan spoke about grace upon grace upon grace. And I think w- what is key for us to understand is that Jesus' life is not a balance of grace and truth. It is 100% truth and it's 100% grace. And when we look at Jesus the man we're looking at the exact representation from God the Father of a person who is actually physically God. And it's, it's so important for us to understand that because it, it does, it shapes who we are and it shapes, it gives us a relatable person that we can see, okay, this is how God was, this is how God wants us to be. All right, so in Philippians 2, it says, have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who clearly equal with God. He was there at the beginning. He, he, he was clearly God. But it, it's amazing that he didn't grasp after it. He didn't say, okay, well, this is, this is, this is my right and I'm going to keep this right. But it speaks about him humbly emptying himself of that. And that word emptying is, is really powerful. Jesus had to put away effectively his Godness. He had to put away his godness and being equal with God. He had, to, he had to come and he had to be limited by everything a human being has to be limited by. He had to be born. He had to grow up. He had to be in the toddler stage. He had to be limited by everything we have to be limited by, the f- needing to eat, needing to, to do other things as well. You see, he had to empty himself of his own authority. He had to empty himself of physically being being God he had to empty that God attributes that he had is all-powerful all-knowing um, everywhere present he had to actually empty himself of that in order to walk out this human life and it's really important that we understand that in John five thirty, it says Jesus said I can do nothing on my own John 6 says I've come down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him who sent me John 5 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of Himself unless it's something He sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. So, we, we really have a shift in relationship between God the Father and Jesus. God all of a sudden becomes, a, 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 it comes into a different relationship with God. He comes under God and He's he's there to serve. He's he's there to do everything in the will of God, so he comes under God's authority in a, in a sense, and he 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 does exactly what he sees the Father doing, and and this is important because Jesus had such a clear purpose on being um, for being a man. You see, he came to restore broken relationship. He died so that we can have a relationship. He suffered so that we can have a relationship. He left his Father in heaven so that we can have a relationship. He denied his divinity, his Godness, so that we can have a relationship. And one of the most important purposes for him to be on this earth is, for me, and it's often overlooked, is that he came to earth to, to be completely relatable to you and me. He came to earth to, so that you and I can relate to God in who we are and how we walk out our lives. You see, so many people have a, have a sense that God is not relatable to me. God, he, he did all these miracles. He, he walked on water. He could prophesy. He could predict the future. He could, he could do all these unbelievable things. But of course he could do that because he was God. That's the common perception. But when we understand that Jesus did that... Not because, not because he was God, but because he saw the Father and the Father had given him the authority to do it. He could do it as a man. He could do it by being in perfect relationship to God. So when he went to someone and healed them, it was not out of his Godness that he healed them. It was out of God's authority that he'd given him the power. Because as soon as Jesus takes his own authority in very nature, him being God, and does it, all of a sudden, he hasn't fulfilled the law because he hasn't lived a man's life. He's lived God's life. And that is, and that is the essence of, 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 of why Jesus had to give up everything. Because he had to do it as a man so that we can relate to him. And I think that's so key to understand. And it says, and here's the amazing thing, is that in his death, in his resurrection... We have access to that same authority that Jesus gave to, that, that God gave to Jesus. And if we can catch that, all of a sudden God's life and who he was and how he was can be very relatable to you and I. Because all we need to do is work on this relationship with God through the Holy Spirit. And guess what? Our life opens up to doing amazing things for God and, and doing things which I don't even think we can dream of. And remember, it's not our power, it's God's power. It's never from us, it's from God. So, I think that authority that we have is, is a separate series in itself. So, I don't want to go there quite so much today. But if we are to relate to him in all things, I, I believe we need to know what Jesus was like. And as humans, we, we're we not the best at portraying Jesus. We're not the best at... at at showing Jesus sort of who he actually was if if we can put up those pictures so I just quickly did a Google search of what Jesus is represented on Google and you see on the left uh, Jesus the man there he's got something around his head something coming out of his heart and in the middle there's something there's a fire coming out of his his uh, his hands there I don't know what that is and on the end there there's he's holding a sheep and he's Again, something coming out of his head. And, I mean, guys, that's not really helpful. Movies, the art of the day, don't always tell us what what God was like as a, as a human being. And, and, and it's one of these mysteries because the Bible's not so clear on it, um, on some of his characteristics. But what what the Bible is clear on is his character points. But I, I think I wish... You see, Jesus is different for everybody. Jesus is defined differently uh, to everybody and it's and it's a little bit de- and Jesus is defined in in his personality by a lot of what your background is, how you've been brought up, how you've been how you've been sort of told, how you've been being schooled on, on what Jesus is and, and your life, your life experiences. Well, my Jesus is like this because because of this he he would vote for Donald Trump because of this type of thing and and we've all heard that type that type of thing and and i think his attributes change from time to time because it's not very clear some of the stuff in in the bible on who he was i wish there was a sort of a personality test where it was this is this is Jesus and this is who he was but but it's not that so when i think of Jesus it's when I imagine Jesus, not just simply a teacher, a healing miracle worker, Jesus, he's a rugged man's man. He's a big-hearted person, full of compassion. He has a zest for life. He's someone unafraid of controversy, free to be who, know, who he knows himself to be, and full of good humor and high spirits, even fun. I know when I when I say I think my God Jesus is fun. There's a few religious spirits which said, no, you can't say that. I mean, let's be honest. Jesus went camping for three years with 12 mates. <laughs> he, he was sitting around campfires most evenings. And if any of you have ever been on a man's camp for one night, you know how much fun it is, you know? And I once heard this guy speak in, in South Africa, and he spoke about uh, relating Jesus and he said you know what my jesus would be walking next to the sea or a river with his disciple and he'd push his disciple into the the river and it was such a refreshing way to think about jesus because the, it was a fun there's a fun aspect to god and i mean what type of what type of human being has no sense of humor yet a lot of how we portray jesus in in how we view jesus in our christian walk is like that, and it affects the way we walk out our Christianity. And I really believe that Jesus is saying he's got a zest for life. There's a lot to him, there's a there's a big side to him which is which is which is fun. But you don't have to agree with me. Um, I think it's okay to have differences of opinion. The Bible's not clear on that all that sort of personality side, but what the Bible is super clear on is the character of God, the character traits of who he is and how he walked out his life and that is what we have been called to be more like. Um, so in his own words, Jesus describes him in Matthew 13. He says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. And here's God. God is speaking here, and He's saying, this is who I am. I'm gentle. I'm humble. I'm, I'm wanting you to yoke yourself in me. I'm wanting you to to learn from me. I'm wanting you to become like me in this area because—so so what I want to do is I want to touch on three aspects of Jesus. I want to touch on being gentle, being humble, and being willing to serve. And these are not always desirable characteristics in our culture, especially gentleness. I think there's a connotation of gentleness, meaning weakness, passivity. Um, When you think of a gentle animal, you think of one that's compliant, docile, easily led. And I think... We need to understand biblical gentleness is, is not those things. It's not being, it's not being weak. It's not being, it's not being compliant. It's not being docile. Gentleness is actually strength, but it means strength under control. And gentleness is, is strength. In Proverbs 25 verse 15, it says, By patience a ruler can be persuaded, and a gentle tongue can break a bone. You see, gentleness is strength, but it's strength under control. It's disciplined strength. It's restrained strength. It's not using power or force in order to bring someone or something under control. It's there's this gentle nature to to thing. And I think the key is for this is to behave in a gentle manner requires that we stay centered in our own values and strength. And isn't that who Jesus was? He knew he was God. He knew that he had all the power that you could possibly ever want on earth, yet he he restrained himself because he would never force his will, force, force something on, on anybody. And I think it's amazing that when he came to, to earth, he came to serve people. He came to humble himself even further than he humbled himself from, from releasing his godness. He came to humble himself and serve even humans. And I, I, I love what it says here. It says... Matthew 20, 28 says, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You see, in Jesus' character, it was this love that was outworked in such a humble, servant-hearted nature. It was this love which drove which drove this character, which was just one to redeem and to save and to, to, to serve. In John thirteen, I mean we, we were all we would have all heard this a lot, but it talks about Jesus washing feet. It says it was just before the Passover festival Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus replied, you do not realize what I am doing, but you will understand later. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you will have no part with me. Then the Lord, Simon Peter, replied, not just my feet, my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean, but not every one of you. And he talks on about that, but... I think one of the dangers of of hearing a a, a story, um, a lot of times, is it becomes it loses its meaning and its familiarity. It, we sometimes lose the the depth of what is actually happening in that in that moment. And besides being the Son of God, Jesus at that time was a rabbi. He was a spiritual leader. He was he was a guest of honor. He was seated at the at the top of the table he was he was he was a rabbi and he would be very used to having his disciples having people serve him like that that is what a rabbi would would be in the jewish culture a rabbi was a really really respected person as a spiritual leader so for a rabbi to grab a towel get down on his knee and wash feet was something to Peter and to the disciples and to the whole culture was seen as something which was really shameful for his reputation. And it, here, Peter, Peter and the disciples had just been talking about who was going to be the greatest right before the story. It says, who was going to be the greatest? And and then their rabbi, the one that they are yoking themselves in, the one that they are dedicating their lives to become more like, goes and does this. And that's why Peter's, he's he's shocked. He's like, Lord, you, you'll wash my feet, which technically means, I've got to wash feet type thing. And it's that it's that it's he's almost stunned, he's shocked. He's like, But no, that's that's not that's not how it works. But here's the thing and it's the reason why he drove the Pharisees absolutely crazy. The Pharisees were the religious leaders of the day. He he drove them crazy because his teaching, his methods were completely upside down. A Messiah doesn't serve. A rabbi doesn't serve. A rabbi doesn't work on Sabbath. A rabbi a, a rabbi doesn't wash feet. A rabbi definitely one hundred and fifty percent does not wash feet. And it's just this absolute changing. It's it's Jesus in his humility. He's 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 able to just be so humble and take a knee and and serve people. And I think the key that we need to ask is how can Jesus who is in a place of authority with his reputation and and everything from that place, how could he take a, a knee for service? And how does that apply to us? You see, and, and the answer actually lies in, in that scripture. The answer lies in verse 3. And isn't it amazing that this is the scripture that, that, is, that is said just before Jesus starts washing feet. He says, Jesus knew... That the Father had put all things under His power and that He had come from God and was returning to God. You see, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under His power. Jesus knew who He was. And that He had come from God. He knew whose He was. And that He was returning to God. He knew where He was going. And that is so key. Jesus knew who He was. He knew whose He was. And He knew where He was going. He was he could demote himself because he knew who he was. He was the son of God. He, did, he could unashamedly leave the place of the head of the table and serve and wash feet. You see, he, he didn't, he'd already given it all up. He'd already given his, his title of equality with God up to come down. He didn't need recognition. He didn't need accolades. He didn't need a certificate of, a, of service. This was Jesus who, who, who didn't really care what anyone thought about him. You know he 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 only cared about doing what the god what god's what his father 's will was, and I think that is such a key for us to understand because he knew who he was, he knew who his father was, he knew where he was going to end up, and he knew what his purpose on this life, on on earth was and it 's amazing that that gives him the such security that it 's actually from God that he 's got this security so that he can do these things which seemed outrageous to 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 the spiritual leaders and and here's the amazing thing is that God gives us the same assurances that he gave Jesus. Just look at this. As God's children you need to know exactly who you are, whose you are and where you're going. Who who are you? You you are a child of God. When God looks at you, He He sees Jesus within you, which gives you the incredible privilege of hosting the presence of God. So, if we realize actually God's living within me, I have God inside of me. I am I am a royal priesthood. That is my identity. That is who I am. Who you belong to? You are the Father's. You were bought at a huge price to the Father. Where you belong? Where are you going? Eternity is sealed for you if you 're born again christian your your ultimate destination is heaven, which means you don 't have to prove anything on this earth you don 't have to you don 't have to try and build up your reputation on this earth to to get to a perceived place where you think you are important enough and it 's this real shift in mindset that Jesus has given us this 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 security in who He is. Jesus has given us this this life that we can live in him and the key is that we need to be in him it's in him where we get the security it's by knowing the father it's by knowing who we are that we can have the security and we're able to take that knee we're able to humble ourselves take that towel put it around our waist and set our lives up for service to others but also to the to the king of all kings to jesus to god you see, uh, can I get the band up, please? You see who you are is such a big question. Who you are in this day is so linked to your identity, and i I really do think god God wants to deal with some of that today. You see the question is who you are is. Is there a worldly influence which shapes your identity? Are you holding on more to stuff that's in the world? Is, it might be power. It might be job. It might be a reputation. It might be something which has happened in your past. It might be a hurt. It might be brokenness in the family. It, does that define you more than Jesus defines you, that God defines you? You see, who, who's, who are we living for? Whose are you? Are you yourself? Are you living for yourself or, or are you gods? It's it's really simple questions here. Where are you going? Do you believe that eternal life is is in your future? Do you believe that that God is, has sealed for you a place in heaven? And that is really key to understand and to, to live out of that place because that gives us the great security of being so sure of who we are that we don't need to prove anything we 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 don't need to worry about a reputation i mean what 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 does that mean to god's glory in my life what what how important is that to to pleasing god and doing what god wants me to do you see anything which if you want to play anything which Anything which requires character is a choice. Anything which requires us to, to become more like God is a choice we have to actively choose. If we want to serve and serve better, we've got to choose that. And it, it might be hard at first. It might be it, it might not be part of who we are initially, but the more times we choose to serve, the more times we choose to do the things which will build our character, the more times we do it, when it comes along in our future, it sort of starts becoming an automatic response. It starts becoming who you are. And I think that is what God is calling us into, being this self-controlled people who are gentle, humble, and know who we are, and live out of a place of just this relationship of love outworked and service. And I, I really think that that God has so much for us. There's, there's this identity which we can just live out of and just flow out of and just be so alive for him in a fun way. You know, in summary, Jesus, who was fully God, humbled himself to become a regular man, a man you and I can relate to. Not someone who is passive and weak, but someone who had a love for life, for people, a desire to restore and bring people into the fullness of what God had for them has for them and to open lives up for service to the King. You see, he gives us this great security of knowing who you are, whose you are, and where you are going. We can unashamedly serve others when we realize that God is in control of our lives, which empowers us to gently and humbly serve him. And I love the scripture because it, it just it summarizes everything. It's in Matthew 5 verse 16. It says, keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. You see, how true is it that when we humbly serve people, the actual fruit of that is not It's not directed at us. It's directed towards God. It opens people's lives up to connect with God. And isn't that the whole purpose of why and what we do? You see, in ending, we need to be generous because Jesus was generous. Let's live a life worthy of that call. Amen. We.